Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. I know we got a quick show today. You've got places to be. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking about how to what do we how to use interviews as a marketing. Yes, strategy. I titled it. Yeah, how to use interviews as a B two B marketing strategy. I love this. Yes. And you sent this to me. And you could also use this for consumer as well. Yeah, you B2B, could. B2B. You could absolutely. Huh. It could it could work both so. ways. Um, but I love it from my standpoint, being someone in in B two B. This is perfect for me. You sent it to me yesterday, and I read over it. I was like, yeah, this is good. This is yeah, good. We, gonna, there's there's three different ways. So this, I got this PDF, and we'll give credit here in a minute mm-hmm. where I got it from. But there's actually three different ways, two of which he does not talk about in this, this PDF, yeah. that you could use this. So we'll talk about all three ways you could use this, but then the the way you do it is basically the same. The formula is basically the same. Sure. No matter which method you want to use. Yeah. So okay. I think it'll be really good. We've got some other stuff if we got time. Yep. If not, we'll save those for next week, um, next episode. Um, kind of in the same, same vein. We got some email... Um, CTAs, questions, some different things. Um, I'm on a couple lists that have been handing out some pretty good stuff lately. So uh, we'll share those if we have time. If not, we'll just roll it to the next episode. Sounds like a plan. All right. What do you got over there to drink in Knoxville or Louisville? Louisville. 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 Louisville here locally. Um, Yeah, it's Louisville there. It's Louisville (laughs) up in Kentucky. So, so I stopped by the Kroger yesterday and picked yeah. up, did my own little variety pack where I picked nice. up a um, yes. little assortment of, of uh, some different concoctions. One of them was a zombie dust. Never had this. <laughs> this is by uh, Three Floyds Brewing Company. It is an right. undead pale ale. So it's not an IPA. It's just, an yeah, undead. just a good pale ale. Okay. Just a pale ale. Um, I like it. Zombie dust. So I give you a little zombie dust. I like that. It says this intense hopped and gushing undead pale ale will be one's only respite after the zombie apocalypse created with our marvelous friends in the comic industry. Ah, cool. It's got some good, some. So hold that can up again. Yeah. The, the, uh, the artwork on here is pretty, pretty good. So it actually looks like an energy drink. It really does. Yeah. It's like, I could see that if it was a tall can, it'd be an energy drink, mm-hmm. you know, yep. pretty cool. Um, let's see. It's about, uh, let's see. I think it's like six and a half percent from what I remember. Yep. 6.5%, 62 IBUs. So, okay. Wow. That's pretty high on the IBUs. We'll see how that yeah. pans out. Well, I went with a July, I'm going to share the screen here on the old video. So I went with one from Austin Beer Works, mm-hmm. and it's called Cold Glory. It's only available in July for July 4th. Oh, nice. Um, so it's got that red, white, and blue can. Got fireworks and eagles and pie and stuff all over the can. Yep. This is just a traditional American lager. Nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. No sugars and spices and everything nice. is just pure, just lager. So... Show that artwork um, again. I want to see that the, uh, yeah. is that fireworks on the side? Yeah. Let me do the screen share. Cause it's a little, you can see it. Yeah. It looks like you got the, uh, 
the uh, pie, you got the uh, flag, you got fireworks, you got a couple a big, different eagles. There's a hot dog on there, a um, Bigfoot there um, with the flames on the side. Yeah, monster truck. Bit, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of everything. Nice. I don't know what this is. This, oh, that's the monster truck wheel. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got it. I just I saw those as two different things. Uh, yes, it's kind of cool artwork, and they oh, only have it good. in July, like that's one awesome. month only. That's so cool. I thought that was kind of very kinda cool. cool. Limited, you know, that old scarcity marketing there just comes out once a year. It works. It works yeah. every and, time. Uh, so, yeah, just traditional lager look. Yeah, you definitely got that ale color mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's cheers it up. All right. Cheers. <sighs> you know, I've almost forgotten what a lager tastes like because we do so many craft beers. Right. That when I drink a lager, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's what my first beer tasted like, you know, not my first one maybe, but <laughs> it's better than that. Um, and this is pretty good. Just straight up, you know, just cool, refreshing mm-hmm. summer lager. Man, in this so, heat, that's what you, I mean, <clears throat> to me, that's what I crave is. I lager. crave like the lemon shandy from, yeah. um, or they're like rock and porch mm-hmm. from uh, Sam Adams. Yep. It's hard to find though. Like I could, but it's a lemon shandy. Those are really good too. Yeah. Um, and I also go with the Mike's harder kind of punch drinks and lemonades and stuff this time of year. But yeah, this one's uh, only 5.5%. Um, pretty traditional. So I'm going to go ahead and rate it. I'm going to give mine a solid four. Like it's just a good mm. smooth drinking beer. That's good. Four. Um, You're still deciding on yours. Yeah. <clears throat> this is very light, uh, light, refreshing. Um, you know, Almost for like a pale ale. Yeah. For a pale ale. Um, <laughs> you know. So is it as bitter as the IBUs would have indicated? It, it is. That's the one thing. I'm, I'm, it's light, refreshing, but it, there is a little bit of uh, that aftertaste or that aftertaste a little bitter for me. So I'm, I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a two nine, a two nine. Oh, that's pretty low. Yeah. Just not, it would not be one of my go-tos, but it is light. I mean, it's a light beer. It's refreshing, but from a taste wise, if I were not, I think a lot of this plays into the fact that I'm just came in from a two mile (laughs) jog and I'm really thirsty. So anything probably uh, is refreshing right now. So uh, I'm not going to let that influence me. If I were completely in my environment, you know, in a nice air conditioning house for several hours and just relaxing, so there, this would not be a, a go-to. If there was a selection of six to 10 beers in the fridge, this would not be the this one. This would not be it. the one. Yeah. <laughs> Although I Got love it. the artwork. The artwork is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's more to it than that. So I get it. You know, they get some points on the uh, artwork, but for the beer itself, not a big fan. So. All right. Well, let's roll into our topic. So I'm going to, I want to give full credit here. Um, so I found this PDF. Um, it's actually uh, a client of one of our guests uh, that we've had on a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing some copy for them and uh, doing some ad copy, Facebook ad copy. And I watched a webinar and on this webinar, he gave out this a handout that had some of these tips and things that we're going to talk about today. Um, so, but I wanted to give full credit. So it's David Newman 
from Do It Marketing. And you can go to doitmarketing.com. And if you go over here to uh, his homepage on the right, where it says watch our training, mm -hmm. you can watch the training where, um, I believe that's the training I watched. I watched a couple that has this and some other really good tips on it. So if you go to doitmarketing.com, there's a red watch our training button on the homepage. That's where you can find more goodies like what we're going to talk about cool. today. So that's great. I love this. I've never heard of do it marketing. So yeah, he's got a book by the same name, do it marketing. Mm -hmm. um, got a new book coming out soon. So hopefully we can get him on the podcast called do it selling. I love it. Um, which is kind of where this thing that we're going to talk about today, I think leads to is more the, the actual selling. Mm -hmm. um, but let me pull that up as well. So go ahead and you start your little preamble on it, on what you thought about it, because I sent it over to you and then we'll start talking about it as I pull it up here. Okay. So the whole strategy is using uh, interviews um, to help market. And so, I mean, we were talking before the show, you can do this. Um, I, when I think of it and most of what from reading this, it's tailored to a, from a, to a B2B um you know, it's a, it's a B2B format, but you could do this for, you know, B2C as well, you know, to consumer marketing too. But I think of like a uh, high corporate level, you know, C-level, C-suite that you're trying to get in touch with and, um, you know, trying to develop a relationship with to move to the next level. <clears throat> I think this is a great strategy for doing that. So, I mean, the number one objective is to, uh, you know, get the door open you know, to these yep. people, because a lot of times, you know, you can drop emails all you want to. And, you know, it's with typical, your typical email, if, you know, the way most people, 99% of the people do it is they're wanting something, you know, they're wanting their time and they don't yeah. have time for this. So you've got to be different. You've got to come at it from a completely different standpoint. And the way you do it is by, uh, I think this is a great strategy because you're c catering to the ego um, which most corporate executives have, right? And you're saying, yeah. you know, I want to, uh, I would like to interview you um, yes. and to get some sage wisdom uh, from you on how, you know, how you've succeeded or how you've, uh, you know, accomplished what you've yeah, accomplished. Even, and we'll go over the questions here in a minute, but even like what's going on in the industry and things like that, which right. you kind of do. And this is what I was talking about. There's three different ways you could do this, right? Mm -hmm. You could write an article for a trade magazine, trade, trade journals always need content. Yep. That's right. You know, they've got plenty of advertisers and they need content <clears throat> to support that. And I've written when I was doing this stuff for the granite company, you know, I wrote some trade journal articles, um, for those because they need that filler to fill in between the ads because you don't yeah. want just a whole book of ads, right? So right, right. they need articles from experts. So what you can do is you can approach a trade journal in your niche. Yeah. Say, hey, I've got an idea for an article because they're usually two to three months out, you know, printing if they do a print journal. Mm -hmm. They may have a site also that they could drop on a lot quicker. But you find out who the editor is or the publisher reach out to them and say, I've got an idea for an article. You know, you might call it something like how smart leaders at top companies profit from breakthrough ideas um, or how top producers, um, you know, create referrals for life. If you were in the financial services business or something, right. 
So you just find something that would be interesting for readers and something that you would need input from these executives, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So once you get the okay from the publisher, even before really, you could just say you're doing research. You wouldn't have to have the agreement to write the article. Right. You could, you could actually do it either way. Cause if you came and said, I've got 10 people I've interviewed, I'd love to do an article, putting some of these together. Sure. Any publishers are going to jump on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, really you could do it either way. So when you reach out to these executives, you can say, Hey, I'm doing an article for, I'm, I'm researching an article for trade journal. They would recognize. Could we hop on the phone? I'd love to interview you. Mm, that's perfect. Right. And the reason, and you want to do this on the phone instead of back and forth by email, because especially if you can do it on zoom, but, They'll get to see your face. Cause remember the ultimate goal here is to get an appointment with these people and tell right. them something. Right. So you get them used to seeing your face, <laughs> hearing your voice and you're building rapport with them because you're asking them questions about, like you said, Jonathan, that are really good for their ego. Sure. They're getting to share their experience and they're probably going to slip up and tell you some problems. Yeah, <laughs> of course they will. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you're going to, you're going to jot those down. And then what you do is after you've you've had this conversation with them, you just start following up with them and just have this consistent stream mm-hmm. of communication. You know, John, we've talked about um, some of the ways you followed up with these kind of clients, right? With with things like a thank you card from send out cards, yep, or you know, some type of you know, you've sent. Tell us some of the things you've sent for those listeners that maybe haven't heard the stories before, but you've sent stuff that, that's totally not related to business to people before as oh, yeah. part of your follow-up process. Yeah. I mean, I'll send thank you cards. I'll send all sorts of notes. I Sometimes I'll, I won't even do uh, send out cards. I'll, I'll just always keep a box of just handwritten note cards like that. Just, yeah. And usually I try to find something that's not thank you or anything that's generic. I try to find something that is unique, like... You know, I found some that have pictures of little whales on them. You know, it's like weird. Yeah. You know, you know, just do something different. One's got, um, it's a uh, piano keyboard and it says, this note's for you. Like, you know, piano notes. Um, oh, classic so, dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just something that's a little bit different. You always want to be yeah. just a little bit different to get them, you know, top of mind. And so I'll keep a set of those just in my, uh, in my briefcase, um, just so I can pull out and quick, you know, top of mind thinking, pull out after I meet with someone or after I've interviewed someone on a podcast or something like that, just pull out something yep. like that, you know, take, take a pen, scratch a note on there. Thanks so much. Appreciate the time. Uh, to me, that goes a long way because it's an actual, you know, it's your handwriting, you know, it's not like a send out card, which is kind of a modified version of your handwriting it's very personal but it's not as personal as actually writing that on yourself and i don't have the greatest handwriting in the world uh but i try you know i try to uh to 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 do my best when i write out something it's usually just a couple of lines like that but yeah those are things that are important you know following up after that after those interviews um i will say one of the things in that is it's funny that you mentioned like one of your problems like when i do podcast interviews that is always one of because a lot of the people that come on my composites 
podcast are CEOs of companies. And to make them feel comfortable, I always provide them with, you know, I was like, listen, you know, this is, you know, I know sometimes you've not done a lot of these. So I provide the questions up front. But one of the mm-hmm. questions I always put in there, what have been your biggest challenges? Yes. And for that very reason, because I want to, I want to hear what have, you know, and they're usually, if they have time to think about it, they, you know, if you're not hitting them on the fly. Um, yeah. And if they've got time to think about it, they'll provide you. And you can usually follow that up on the interview, you know, on the interview. And then that gives you something to talk about, like you said, after the interview to follow up with them. Exactly. What are some other questions? Um, There's some on, on this sheet that we've got, but what are some of the other questions you ask? Cause well, before we go there, so one thing you do is the trade journal thing. Mm -hmm. Another way you could do this is podcasts, which Jonathan does very well in his industry. And then another thing you can do is you can write an interview style book. Right. We haven't really talked about this. I don't think ever on our podcast, but this was a really popular thing. 10 or 15 years ago, mm-hmm. right? It was to interview a bunch of people and then put a book together and like each chapter was an interview oh, or each question was a chapter. Yep. So let's say you had seven questions you asked everybody. Mm-hmm. You could either have each interview be a chapter or you could have each question with each answer be a chapter. Right. And then you give it a title, you know, whatever, you know, industry specific. And this was like a real like common strategy like expert strategy, you know, David Dutton kind of talked about mm-hmm. writing a book to be a local expert, yep. but it's kind of fallen out of, out of favor with social media and everything else. Everybody's so busy doing TikTok videos and <laughs> Instagram right. reels that right. they've forgotten about, not everybody, but a lot of people have forgotten about just these types of interview oh, yeah. Based yeah. books. Yep. Um, so those are the three ways you can use it. Mm-hmm. write a trade journal article or some type of article that's online. It could even be your own blog post, mm-hmm. honestly. Yep. Uh, it's just, it has a little bit more credibility. If you're doing it for a, a publication, they recognize you're probably right. going to get in front of them easier. Right. Um, at podcast, you know, industry specific podcast, and then of course a book. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the questions you ask? And then we'll, we'll also mention one or two questions that are on here. So you already mentioned the challenges, like what kind of challenges are you facing? Yeah. So what are some other I questions? always ask them because a lot of, a lot of companies that I interview intentionally in the composites industry, you know, a good portion of them are startup companies. Well, companies that have been around for at least five or six years. And I consider mm-hmm. those like they're off the ground companies. They're having success, but they're not like, they haven't been around for 30 years. Right. right. So, uh, so, but they're, they're not, getting, they're, they're obviously getting prospect for you. Because oh, that's a great prospect set. for me. Yeah. Because here's, here's the deal. They're getting, they're in the position right now of getting a lot of uh, funding. They're getting venture yeah. funding. Um, they're getting venture capital that's funding them right now. So they're at, at, at a point of success, but they haven't been around uh, for the longevity. So, uh, one of the first questions set on their suppliers and things exactly. like that either. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so those are opportunities for me, but I always like to say, you know, the first question I always tell them is like, tell your story because stories are important. You know, origin mm-hmm. stories, we talk about or, origin stories. And I say the very first question I'm going to ask you on my podcast is I want to hear your origin story. I want to hear how you came up with this idea. Cause uh, you know, right. a lot of them, and it's usually, you know, People that have been with other companies, they come up with an idea, 
of doing something better. And so you get to hear that. So you get to hear, you know, where they started, where their background is. Uh, Their why. Yeah, their biggest why, what, you know, what their reasoning is. And you, you know, you combine that with, they'll they'll reveal a lot because they like to talk. They, you know, they like to share the story, the story of the company. So when they reveal that stuff to me, you know, I'm scratching notes down typically on a podcast. You know, I've got a legal pad in front of me and I'm like writing notes and stuff like that, you know, because that's good information for me to know. Um, Because if I can't help somebody, typically uh, I can put them in touch with somebody that can. So Um, Mm -hmm. that's what it's about for me. Sometimes it's just like, I'll give you a a case in point example of an interview that I had this past week on my composites weekly podcast. I had a guest on who created an organization for women in the composites industry, because, you know, she's a business owner. She owns a business Mm -hmm. herself. So she, she's like this, this idea came about, um, I met her at a trade show you know, back in May, um, and we got to talking, she had this booth set up for women in composites. I was like, cool, I need to interview you and uh, talk about your mission. But, you know, she owns, she's a CEO of a company. She wanted to start this organization, women in composites to basically, you know, just create this organization where to bring awareness and help women who are, you know, more and more coming into the composites industry and really give them support you know, help, you know, I guess mm-hmm. kind of that, uh, support that they need. And, um, so I like, after the interview, I was like, this is great. Cause, and I said, I've got a couple of people that I want to connect you with who are females who are CEOs of companies in this industry that I think would be love to be a part of your organization, help support you in any way. So, you know, perfect example is, you know, there's nothing I could do for, her, you know, obviously at that point, yeah. but, I was able to connect her with other people that, you know, could help her to, could, you know, grow that organization, you know, help support that organization even more. So, which obviously is, is great because it comes back on me. You know, I'll see them at various trade shows down the road. Um, She's a CEO of a business. You know, Mm -hmm. I've got that capital of helping her. I can go back to her because, you know, I found out, you know, in the conversation, she's, uh, they're buying out another business that's actually in the state of Tennessee. It hasn't happened yet, but they're in the process of buying another business out in the state that is a company that manufactures, there's a com- composite manufacturer. So those are you know, things that come back to you down the road. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because when you're in that non-selling mode, no, like you're yeah. in helping mode. Right. That's when some of the best information comes out just oh, yeah. naturally in conversation yes. that you can file away and be like, okay, when we are ready for sales conversations, mm-hmm. I need to remember that, look yep. at my notes, right. whatever. Cause they're, they're guards down, you know, yep. cause you're in, in helping mode, serving That's mode. Right. Um, here's a question that I liked that I think is great for an interview. Uh, and people love like readers of whatever <laughs> your article or listeners would love this question What's a key practice or tactic or principle you keep coming back to? Because mm. people love to know what CEOs and successful people know. Right. That's why Ray Dalio's, you know, principles did so well because everybody wants to know what this rich guy knows that yeah. other people don't, that they think they don't know. Um, 
So I think that's a great question. What's a key practice or tactic or principle you keep coming back to? Mm-hmm. So it's just a I love this. really, really good question. Dude, I, I could just take, I could copy and paste. I mean, like I said, a couple of these I use, but I could use every one of these in my interviews. And some of these mm-hmm. like, like that one, I don't ever use that, but that would be a great one. Yeah. And you, you get like, that's an insight that's really unique because you see some of their principles and their, you know, their yeah. kind of goes back to the why it's a little bit deeper question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, although they may say, you know, I do first in first out of County. Like that's everything right. I do is revolves right. around that, you know, or who knows it could be anything. Um, another question, what's another question you like on this list? I like the uh, crystal ball uh, yes. that follows up. What does your next level of success look like? Because that gives you a lot of, feedback it's like a wrap on, up question too. It's like yeah. A, yeah. It's like what is bonus your, question? Right. What are your end? goals? Where are you heading? You know, cause yeah. this guy's, I mean, this will open up all kinds of, uh, avenues for you. You know, if they're revealing, okay, what are our next plans as a company? Cause yes. you, know, you may not, re- they may not reveal what you can help them with initially, but if they're, if they're talking about plans to expand into this market or this market and you're like, Oh wait, wait, I can help you there. You know, I may not be able to help you in your current market, but uh, if you're, if there are other markets that you're looking at, Oh, wait a minute. Um, You know, it reminds me of a conversation I was having today with a guy uh, in one industry and um, you know, he's talking about one of their product lines because you know, where they're heading uh, this is owner of a company and I'm like, okay. So he was talking about some of their stuff and I'm like, you know, I can't really help you with, uh, s- you know, where your current market is like, there's no crossover. So it would be, uh, it would be a little too much for me to expand or help you in terms of marketing or selling to, to that market. But then he mentioned a market like in the concrete, um, concrete industry, which, there's some crossover there. And I said, well, I can help you there. Cause I know some contacts and there's some, uh, obviously there's, there's a big show out in Las Vegas called world of concrete. Um, that, uh, that I go to on occasion that, uh, I can certainly be of help to them at that, you know, at that event. So, so, you know, right. those things like that, when you're having that conversation, talking to them, like what are other areas that you're planning on, you know, spreading your product line or your services into what areas are you moving into? What's your next level of success look like? And yeah, and I think you could even ask, you know, what's, you know, what's your next level of success personally yep. look like? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. You know, you're obviously your successful CEO. Like, mm-hmm. so what's, what's next for you personally, right. you know, whether, whether it's in the business or outside Absolutely. of the business, then you got to get a, a good idea of what's important to them, yep. which as you know, John, that's a whole lot easier to sell to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it is that's a commodity right. of some kind or something that's like right. that. Absolutely. So really what you do is you just, you start asking, I mean, these are questions you might ask in a, in a, over a period of months, if you were trying to build rapport and especially Jonathan, like you with it, that has a little bit longer sales cycle. Mm-hmm these are the questions you might ask over, you know, six months of dinners and <clears throat> golf games and everything else. And you can get them all answered in 45 minutes in an interview. Right. Cause it's the, just that kind of format where you're allowed to kind of just ask these upfront questions. Yep. Absolutely. 
that you couldn't really ask just bang, 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 bang right. in a first meeting with somebody. Right. So it really gives you, it accelerates the whole process. And I love what he says on this, on this PDF. Um, he's like, if you're doing this, first of all, you should be following up with them every seven to 10 days after the interview and sending them, you know, a thank you card, thank you email, a link to the finished article, uh, a copy of your book. If you have one, an article that's related to something they talked about, mm -hmm. you know, anything that might help them, any problem they came up, an article they might like, you just drip them every seven to 10 days. Yes. And then he did the math. He said, like, if you did three of these a week, three interviews a week, 12 a month, in 90 days, you'd have 36 prospects who you could talk to. Yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. And that's, and most people probably don't have 36 prospects in a year. Right. Much less a quarter. Yep. Um, is it easy? No. You got to sit down and do three interviews a week and you got to mm -hmm. get, you got to get three people to agree to an interview per week. So it's not super easy, um, but it's easier than knocking on cold doors. Absolutely. You know, and trying to get past gatekeepers with just a request and no, like no benefit or anything like that. Um, so I, think here, a, I was going to say, here's a tip. Uh, if you don't have your own book, if you haven't authored your own book, <clears throat> you can always send somebody else's book. And Absolutely. The way you do this is if you've noticed anytime you order a book on Amazon, if you check out at the very end, they give you the option of making that a gift, right? Yep. You mm -hmm. can gift wrap that book. So yep. if you don't have a book, take a book that would be beneficial to them. You know, whether yep. it's on leadership, whether it's on, you know, in my industry, if it's lean manufacturing, maybe you're sending something on, on that. Maybe, you know, whatever problem they're dealing with, you know, you know, give them value. If you don't have the book, send another book, like send yep. a book that would be beneficial for them. And then as you're checking out on Amazon, just use the uh, use the gift wrapped option where they just they gift package like it. It's like three bucks to wrap a book. Easy. Yeah. Three bucks. Yeah. And then you can create a little personalized message that they will include with that book along yeah. with it. So, and I've done that, yeah. you know, as a follow-up. Yeah. And it's, and it's nice wrapping paper. Like it's, it is. I've done it a couple of times for people and, um, absolutely. I've, I've done it for people in my family. So I've seen mm -hmm. like the package when it comes and they do a good job. It does. Like it, yeah. It looks great. And who doesn't love unwrapping a gift? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's just, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, so it so doesn't yeah, have to be, you don't have to be the author, but they yeah. will, they will appreciate that gift from you. Yeah. Right. And Obviously I've done that with, you know, send out cards offers that I've gotten meetings with, uh, with executives, you know, at companies by sending them, like I'll send a card, a send out card and send out card, uh, send out cards allows you to attach a, there's only a limited, uh, number of books that you can send but some of them mm. are pretty good. Um, yeah. So I've done that with a greeting card. Uh, Amazon to me is, is the best option when, especially when you're looking at books, cause there's, you can send anything out there, you know, yeah. any kind of book. So make sure you get their physical address yep. somewhere in the conversation. Absolutely. Um, and you can say, Hey, I just, I want to send you something. Can mm -hmm. I get your physical address? Yep. Cause you've built rapport with them on the thing. So before you finish, make sure you, yes, you grab their, of course, if you know what, their company is like, if they're a brick and mortar, you're going to have their address and you just put it right. to their attention. Yep. Um, but, if, but if you don't, then you make sure you ask for that. So, 
All right. Well, I think we're right about our time. I don't think we really have time to go into another thing. Um, cause I yeah. know you got places to be. Sounds so like we'll a actually, continuation we'll for next week. Yeah. Well, we've got some, we'll this talk is, next week about cold email questions. Oh, um, that, that'll I'm, be good. This may, this may be perfect to, uh, to, to push this off to next week because I may have a guest on cold emails that oh, might be very joining nice. us. So we have well, him join us and then a follow-up. So Yeah, and then we, we've got another uh, words that close. So some questions oh, that help close sales. And then I still want to talk about, I don't think we've talked yet about Mint Mobile and their current ad campaign. So we'll, yeah. maybe we'll sneak that in because it's just a real quick Good. thing and what Ryan Reynolds is doing over there at Met Mobile and, and talk about his agency a little bit, which is mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. So um, the Ryan so yeah. Reynolds. Wow. Yeah. Dude gets around. He's, <laughs> these celebrities that they're getting smart. They're like, he's got, he's got his thing. own, uh, he's got this, he's got, you know, he's an actor. He's, a, he's what's that aviation gin. That's right, the gin. I was trying to think yeah. of the alcohol, which was yeah. a gin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Aviation gin, Mint Mobile. Um, yeah, obviously acting. Deadpool mm-hmm. was basically his movie mm-hmm. you know, that he helped finance and everything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's doing pretty well, I would say. And all these actors, they're they're really diversifying. I think they have to with what's happening yeah. throughout. Uh, you know, we you look at Netflix and what's happening there. Yeah. Uh, the movie industry's down big time, you know, despite the fact that, you know, we got Top Gun right now and, you know, they probably, I, don't, I forgot what they're at is like, what, what is it? One billion now. And yeah, they crossed the billion <laughs> mark worldwide. So, so I mean, they're doing well, but they're, they're kind of a, uh, you know, they're that, um, you know, they're unique, I, I would say, yeah. you know, there's not yeah. many movies out there right now. I think movie sales are probably down despite, the fact that you've got a couple of them that are doing pretty well. And uh, yep. I think actor, uh, you know, everyone in Hollywood's probably looking for right now at this point with the way things are going, looking at alternative ways you've got to probably to, uh, well, yeah, I mean, create. they got to pay for gas. They got to pay for gas too, right? That's right. I mean, That's right. Poor, poor celebrities. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not making, they're not 20, they're not $20 million a film actors. Like everybody thinks they are. I mean, those are no. the, like the top, those are the A list actors. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a struggle. I'm it's sure. A diversification, you know, and you got to, yeah. yeah. And I think they've done it in the past. Actors have done that, you know, back to the 20s, 30s, 40s, yeah. 50s. But you just, I think you see it more and it's it's more accessible now to a lot of them. So, yeah. all right. Well, we'll talk next week about cold emails. We'll talk about words that close. We'll talk about Met Mobile, Ryan Reynolds, all that stuff. So uh, I think good. it'll be a good show. I'm looking and, forward uh, you to have it. A, you have a great weekend, sir. Yeah, you too. And uh, to all of our listeners, you find us over at persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your platforms, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, uh, you name it. And uh, we will see you all next week. Uh, we'll do a couple of shows. Looking forward to it, Sean. Have a great week. See you.